is Taylor, and we are back with Forte Catholic this week. It's a great, great day today. We're celebrating a great feast today, Feast of All Saints Day. We celebrated Halloween last night. Got All Souls Day tomorrow. It's just a, a big celebration this week. So obviously our big topic today is going to be the saints. You can't have you can't have a Catholic radio show on All Saints Day and not talk about saints. Um, or, I, I mean, if you really want to go against the grain, I guess you could, but I'm not going to today. Uh, we're, we are going to talk about saints today. So there's a couple of things I'm, I'm really excited about for um, today. Uh, last week, I had my friend, Mr. Alex Gote, um, in the studio to record an interview. Um, he came in to do a youth event in the area called Enlisted, and he came and spoke about about sainthood and and the big thing he was addressing that night was just all the you know all the craziness going on in our world today with with the election and with with all the race relations and with you know, everybody being stressed out about all sorts of different things and he talked about um, like the things that are going to get us through that and one of the biggest things that he says is that sainthood is a mandate so we're going to get to that kind of break that open in the show today and then also uh, in the in the final segment. I'm just going to share one of the big things that's been put on my heart recently about about sainthood and how we're all called to be saints, but a lot of us, myself included, don't don't answer that call often enough. And I, there's there's one thing that stands between you and me becoming the saints that we're that we are called to be. So uh, that's kind of the plan for today. I want to start off today just by talking about a little bit about my Halloween experience yesterday. So I have a three and a half year old son and a one and a half year old girl. Um, and it was our, our, like, so we went out for Halloween. We went trick or treating last night. They got all, uh, dressed up. We had a lot, a lot of fun. It was, we had a group, group of people over at our house with a bunch of other little kids. So everybody was dressed up and, and it was, it was really neat because my, as my son's three and a half years old, this is his first time where he really like understands what trick or treating is. Um, but not fully though. It was actually kind of funny. So we would, you know, I'd walk up to the door with them and my kids are just so trusting of people. That you know, they'd knock on the door, and then they'd like start opening the door and like walking in. There was at one point a good thing it was our next door neighbors, so they know us pretty well. My son and my daughter, they walk up to the door. They don't say trick or treat. They don't know that game yet. They haven't figured that out. They walk into the house and start watching television <laughs> at my neighbor's house while they're supposed to be trick or treating. So it was a fun day, and one of my favorite things about Halloween, and I know everybody loves it, is is watching or seeing what people are going to dress up as. You know, scrolling through your Facebook feed, your Twitter feed, or your Instagram, or or your Snapchat if you're uh, you know under 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 the age of twenty three, I guess. Um, just checking out what everybody's wearing. And it's, it's fun to dress up as these people. And I, I saw one of my favorite things to see is, is these kids dressed up as superheroes. I love superheroes. I'm a big Marvel fan, big DC fan. Um, I guess if you're going to like comic books, those are the two main ones that you, you're going to need to like. Uh, I, we, you know, my, my wife and I watch the television shows. We watch the movies. My kids uh, watch them with us. And so we like superheroes a lot in our house. So as I was you know, walking around trick-or-treating yesterday, seeing Iron Man and Wolverine and uh, Spider-Man and, you know, kind of you know, playing around with these kids, be like, you know, like I walked up to, I walked up to, to Wolverine and he like, you know, held out his, his, his fists with his, with his blades coming out of his hands. He was like yelling at me. So he's really getting into it. And one of the big reasons like kids like, um, these superheroes and why I like superheroes is they stand for something, you know, like Captain America is like the perfect American, right? He stands for something greater. And, um, it's, it's something that, 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 we strive for like as a kid i wanted to be a superhero and if we're being quite honest today i i think i still want to be a superhero so um but we look up to superheroes because they have great strength they have great power um and they're, they're role models for a lot of these kids so as I, was, as I was walking around you know thinking about what i was going to say today um i i recognize that that we have superheroes in our church too people that we can look up to people who have um that, that, that are, are great examples for us. And those are our saints. And so last week we had a, it was, it was a fun show. We had a lot of listener questions. And, and one of the questions was who was, who was your favorite saint? So I answered, I answered it. Um, St. Christopher is one of my favorites. And, uh, 
St. Michael was my other favorite. So I've already kind of answered that question today. But uh, my good old producer here, he's, he's been tried and true through the past uh, you know month or two getting the show started. He's been here, so I thought I'd give Mr. Jake Blazek a chance to answer that question. So he has a pretty interesting story about his favorite saint. So, Jake, what's up, man, and how's your, who's your favorite saint? Oh, you know, it's been a good day. Um, but let's see. My, I would say my favorite saint would have to be uh, St. Mary, the Mother of God, because she's absolutely awesome. Um, but my favorite faint saint story um, is definitely technically not a saint, but her name is Blessed Imelda. Um, you're, you're cheating by not picking an actual saint, but I'll let it slide this time. Thank you. I appreciate that. But uh, so Blessed Imelda, she lived in the 1300s, and she, at the age of about five, she told her parents, like, for her birthday, I want to receive the Holy Eucharist. And I mean, for a five-year-old, that's pretty intense. And that's how I was when I was five. Right. Right. I'm just I, kidding. If my mom's listening right now, she's like yelling at her at her radio. <laughs> so at the age of five, she she wanted to receive the Holy Eucharist. And at that time in the 1300s, there was custom that they wouldn't receive until they were 14 years old. And so she desired so intently to, to receive the Eucharist. And she really enjoyed the the nuns, the cloistered nuns, the uh, Dominican nuns there in their community. And so at the age of nine, she went and joined them, which is also a really young age to be joining uh, Dominican sisters. Yeah, that's the age I joined the convent as well. Right. I believe that as well. But uh, so she joined the, the Dominican sisters at the age of nine. And at the age of 11, she was sitting in mass one day. And after mass, she continued to, to sit there and, and pray. And as she was kneeling there, a host... Uh, appeared above her head and like radiated light and the sacristan saw that and immediately went to go get the priest and so brings the priest in and the priest obviously recognizing that as some miraculous well miracle um the miraculous miracles are my favorite kind of miracles I, yeah. yeah i agree um so seeing it noticing it as a as a miracle he walks over and grabs the host and has no choice but to offer it to her and as soon as she receives the, the Eucharist, um, she gets up and she takes a, a few steps back and then continues to sit there and kneel and pray. And then, so she's there for, for a long time praying. And one of the sisters, well, she's been there for a while. I'm going to go get her because we have to do something else um, as a community. And she goes over there and taps her on the shoulder and you know tries to get her attention, but she just doesn't move. And then she taps her again and she falls dead. Like she had received the Eucharist and pretty much like immediately died from the ecstasy of receiving this Holy Eucharist. That did not happen to me at age 11. No, no, no. Me either. <laughs> It'd be very difficult to be doing this radio show currently if that had happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless you're 11 now, but not, and you've already received the Eucharist and you're definitely not 11. So yeah, for sure. That's, I mean, that's a crazy story, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if I would ever want that to happen to me because I enjoy receiving the Eucharist, you know, and I, I enjoy being with God, but I, I'd, I'd kind of like to continue living, I'm God willing, I'd like to live a little bit longer. This 11 year old sitting in his car as as his mom or dad is listening to the show right now, and he's freaking out right now <laughs> about his first community. He's like, I don't want that to happen. So happy Halloween, parents. That's your scary story that you get. From producer Jake today about his his very interesting interesting saint, saint story for sure. So You're welcome. Yeah, some of those some of those old saint stories are are, are pretty interesting. So that, yeah, that's that's a fun place to kind of start the show off today. So um, that that story begs questions, right? And there's a bunch of questions about about saints that I kind of want to um, get around to today because a lot of a lot of people wonder like, oh, like why do Catholics pray to saints? Why do we why do we venerate saints? Why do we ask them to pray for us? Um, that sort of thing. So, one of the like you know kind of simple ways that I always think about it is like I can ask Jake to pray for me, right? Um, and and he might remember, he might not. I mean, I know people have asked me to pray for them, and sometimes I remember, and sometimes I don't because I'm not a saint, right? I I, I forget some of these things, and and I'm pretty sure people in heaven are closer to God than you and I are. So um, a lot of the, uh, these saints are people who are are close to God, and they're um, united 
to us still, even though they've died. So there's this interesting thing about how the church looks at death. It's that all that death is is a separation of the body and the spirit. So when we die, it's not an it's not an end. It's just a separation. Our body stays here. Our soul, our spirit, goes up into heaven. And so we're we're actually more fully alive at that point. So it's like people are like, "Why are you praying to dead people?" It's like, well, I mean, technically Jesus died too. So like, why are you praying to, to a dead person, right? So he he came back to life, right? Cool. So there's a little difference there, but at the same time, like we are all part of the body of Christ. You, me. Uh, everybody listening to this show right now, we're all part of the body uh, body of Christ, and we're united in that. So, like that doesn't change. You don't not you don't leave the body of Christ when you die and go to heaven. You actually become even more fully part of it, right? So we're still united to these people. So just like I could ask Jake or you listening to pray for me today, I can ask those people to pray for me as well. So people might think, okay, like why do y'all, why do Catholics focus so much on saints? It's like just like those, like those superheroes. Like we need role models. These are people who have who have lived life, have had the same struggles as you as as you and me. They've been tempted the same way as you and me. And and the interesting thing for me growing up and realizing as I got older, I used to think the saints were perfect. Like they never sinned. They were always sitting there reading their Bibles and and praying all day. But saints messed up just like you and me. They sinned, they fell to temptation, they were mean to their brother and sister. Like, they were people just like us, normal people going through their normal day, but they answered this call to live the life as, live life as Christ called them to. So it, it, when they messed up, they asked for forgiveness. And they wanted to always do better. So these people are our role models. They're people that we can look, look, look to for an example, and that's that's why we focus on saints a lot. So um, those are just kind of two like common questions that people have. Um, if you have any more questions, feel free to uh, to give us a call eight five five six eight three seven three three two, or you can shoot those over to me on Twitter at Taylor Schroll S C H R O L L at Taylor Schroll. Um, I'll be answering some questions in the third segment. If you have any specific questions about saints, um, but bef- um. I want to introduce a new segment today. It's called Mass Text. We don't have our, our fancy intro for it yet. We will uh, here in the next couple of weeks. But what I want to do is, is um, with this Mass Text segment, like what is a Mass Text, right? It's something that you send out to everybody that you want everybody to read. It's a quick and easy way to get your message out. Well, what I want to do is, is focus on the text at mass, right? So the, the readings at mass. So what I'm going to do is look at the, the mass readings for today and uh, just kind of walk through them and see what they have to say to us today. So um, if you went to mass today, which I hope you did, it was a holy day of obligation. If you're hearing that now and it's 713, whoops, <laughs> there's always confession. Um, but the first reading today comes from Revelation. And I, and I love this story. I'll read parts of it. I don't read the whole thing, but it says, I, John, saw another angel coming up from the east holding the seal of the living God. And he cried out in a loud voice to four angels who were given power to damage the land and the sea. It says, do not damage the land, the sea, or the trees. I'll let you read on there. But the part I want to get to is that um, John, the writer of this, of, this, of this book, says, after this, I had a vision. So this, he's, in Revelation, he's having a vision of heaven. Like he's, he's taken up to heaven. He's having this vision. And he sees a vision of a great multitude which no one could count. So just like people as far as the eye could see from every nation, every race, every people, and every tongue, they stood before the Lord and before the lamb, that's Jesus, wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hand. And they cried out in a loud voice, salvation comes from our God who is seated on the throne and from the lamb. So if you picture this, this is this, this whole group of holy ones, right? And, and another word for holy ones is Saints, that's actually what saint means, is somebody who is a holy one, someone who's set apart. And they're all standing around, and it's really interesting, they say in white robes, right? So we, like you and me, aren't perfect, so we don't have like sinless, I mean, we're not sinless, so we don't have this spotless robe, but when we go to heaven, we are. And then it says, all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They prostrated themselves before the throne, worshiped God, and exclaimed, Amen, blessing and glory, wisdom and thanksgiving, honor, power and might be to our God forever and ever. 
So all these, all these people, all these angels are all together praising God. And then it, it finishes up saying, then one of the elders spoke up and said to me, who are these wearing white robes and where did they come from? I said to him, my Lord, you are the one who knows. He said to me, these are the ones who have survived the time of great distress. Great distress. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. So these people in the white garments are the saints. There are people who have, like, they weren't perfect, but they were striving after Christ. They, they believed in God. They were constantly trying to live for him on earth. And then when they get to heaven, they are completely washed. They have these white robes, and they survive the time of great distress. How many of us are so often, like, feel like we're in a time of great distress? And, it, like, for me, it's not always, like, like, everything's going bad, but, like, lots of things will be going well. Like, one area of my life isn't going well. Like, oh, maybe my prayer life isn't going well this week. And then I kind of get that under wraps, and then maybe I fall into sin the next week. And then, the, you know, the, the next week, I'm, those things are good, but I'm stressing about something else. Like, we are, like, I think human life is the time of great distress, right? So these, these saints are the people who persevered through tough times, and now they're getting their ultimate reward. And then I think it's really interesting, the, the gospel for today um, it was actually the Beatitudes. So if, you, if you're familiar with the, the Beatitudes, it's that list of things. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, uh, for they will inherit the land. So it goes on and on with all of these different things. And I was sitting in Mass today, like, okay, why would this be read today? Why read this reading on, on the Feast of All Saints Day? And then it clicked. It was like, if you want to be a saint, this is your, this is your list of, of to-dos. This is the things that you have to believe. This is the things that you have to rely on. Like, continuing to believe, like, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. You know, we say in the Our Father, forgive us our trespasses, God, as we forgive other people. So essentially what we're saying is like, we need to be people of mercy, otherwise we won't be shown mercy, right? And, and as you walk through the Beatitudes, you see all of these different things. Blessed are the peacemakers. We're called to be peacemakers. We're called to be merciful. We're called to be meek and humble. And I, I love this a lot because this is, like, if we all want to go, go to heaven, if we all want to be saints, there are things that, that we need to accept and God needs to do some work in us, but there are some things that we need to do. We can't just be passive in this whole thing. So uh, we're going to come back with an interview with my friend, Alex Gote. He's going to talk about this subject exactly. One of his biggest things is that sainthood is a mandate. So we will be right back with my good friend, Alex Gote. We're back for segment two of Forte Catholic. So we're going to uh, just get right into this. It's my good friend, Alex Gote. I interviewed him last week when he was in the studio for an event he, he spoke at Enlisted. Uh, he's a great friend of mine. He's a convert to the faith, and he's been in youth ministry for years and years. He's got like 17,000 degrees. That might be a little exaggerated, but not much. So uh, without further ado, here is my good friend and youth minister, Mr. Alex Gote. All right, so I'm here with my good friend, Mr. Alex Gote. What's up, Alex? What up? What's good? What are you doing here, man? Man, I'm chilling. You're chilling. I'm chilling. I'm at AM. It's good. It's good. Yeah, we, blessed. we just, uh, I, for some reason, I, I always do a plug for Mad Taco, which is where uh, we ate lunch. We just ate lunch at Mad Taco. Some good stuff. Time. First yeah. time. It's a rightfully plug. It's a, it's a, it's a good plug. <laughs> it really is a good like, plug. It's like the future plug. I'm a plug. I'm a, it's the taco. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Nobody got that joke unless you listen to hip hop. No, I didn't. I was very Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, all three of you listening. <laughs> yeah, that, that understand it. Yeah. So, so, so Alex, you're, you're here for an event tonight. We'll talk about that in just a second. But, but before, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? My pleasure. I, my name is Alex Gote. I am a full-time youth minister in uh, Houston, uh, I am happily married 17 years to my soulmate who I am blessed. Um, the good Lord definitely uses grace. And that is one of those, um, you just know she's listening. You're sucking yeah, up, huh? no, yeah. no, 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 no. My <laughs> wife is amazing, man. Like I wouldn't be the person I am like real talk. I wouldn't be the person I am if it wasn't for my wife. I can honestly say that like her family, everything about her. Um, so if you listen to this, pray for your future spouse. Pray for your future spouse. Um, got three amazing boys from 16 to Seth is eight years old. So I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. Been in ministry for a long time, um, both on the Protestant and Catholic side. I've been Catholic about eight years now. 
Um, been in youth ministry on this side about five or so years. Um, it's cool, man. It's cool seeing the dichotomy, the difference and so forth, man. I'm blessed. I'm blessed, man. Good. So, uh, you you look a little different than I do, yeah yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. so uh, if people yeah. want to like see see who you are, where can they find you on social media, man? Yeah, oh, well, if they want to just type in my name, Alex Junior. Um, you can go to my website, thecatholicyouthminister dot com. You can see pictures and so forth. Um, I haven't posted some of my talks there in about a year because I've been so busy. This last year has been crazy. Um, but yeah, just any of the social media, I try to keep it all the same, Alex Junior. Um, hit me up. Instagram, we'll chop it up, Twitter, whatever it may be, Facebook for, you know, everybody over 30 and so forth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> even Snapchat, even good, Snapchat. Good old Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Man, Snapchat drives me crazy. It really no, does. No, it's, it's, uh, it's fun, I'll be honest with you. Like, uh, I'm on there quite a bit. I've been snapping this whole time, bro. You know what I'm saying? Snapping since day yeah, one. Yeah, I've been huh? snapping since day one. This is my day ones. Yeah. All right, Snapchat is. So, so where'd you grow up, man? man I grew up all over, bro. Um, I'm a military brat. So, um, born in a military base. Uh, I spent half my summers in New York, half my summers in Houston. Um, I went to my freshman year of high school, I went to four different high schools, bro, in like three different states. So when I say, when people say, where are you from? It's hard to answer because I literally grew up all over. But in saying that, um, my two homes were Houston and the other home was New York, Brooklyn, New York, and so forth. So I'm blessed, man, you know. Yeah, that's where you and I met was was in Houston. We were both youth ministers in the, the diocese, H, and yes, uh, the H time. We, we were sitting by each other, and we're like, we, were, we looked across yeah. the room, and be like, "Hey, look, what's we should that? be friends." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's up? You're thing. not from here, you're you're not from here, then. You know, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah so, you see how it goes. You see how it goes. Yeah, so you, so you mentioned you were you were both like in the in the Protestant world and the Catholic right, world. Right. So so how how that all come about? I had a deep conversion probably when I was about 21. No, it was when I was 21 because my life was kind of crazy. Okay, um, so is that 21? So you were you were, you were you were Protestant, and then it was when you turned 21, right. you realized that they said you couldn't drink, so you wanted to come, no, become no, Catholic. No, 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 no. So check it. No, no, no. Back up. So I I became Protestant. Well, let me let me even back up. Um, my faith life, like I had a titi, I had an aunt who would take me to uh, to church. My mom would take me every once in a blue moon. I never went to mass or anything like that. Um, it wasn't until I was older. Um, you know, maybe I did when I, in fact, I had to have when I was younger um, because my grandmother and so forth. But um, I didn't go to church growing up or anything like that. Just very seldom we would go. It wasn't until I was 21 um, because of the way that my life was. I was just out there. Um, but 21, I, I, I met a youth minister. Um, he, he brought me along and so forth. I was there. I got heavily involved in youth ministry, heavily involved in ministry in general, heavily involved in apologetics, which um, honestly bring me to the church. And so um, been here ever since. Have a lot of education in this, you know? Yeah. So, so. What, do you, what do you mean by apologetics? What does that mean? Um, give an account for your face, faith, uh, for your, for face. your face. Yes, because your face. <laughs> I, I do needs have to account, apologize bro. for my face. <laughs> your very face often. needs an account. We can edit that part. <laughs> now, so look, so look. Um, it's First Peter three fifteen. Um, always be ready to give an account in your faith for your faith for what it is that you believe in love and so forth. Um, so the church that I was going to at that time was heavily involved. In fact, if you know the Protestant world, Lee Strobel, Hank Hinegraaff, some of these guys would constantly come there. And they would challenge us to grow about like how the early church was and why is it that we do the things we do and so forth. And so in a nutshell, I ended up um, reading my way into the church. I met some good Catholic theology. Um, I met one or two Catholics who just, you know, laid the groundwork to where like, you know, um, questioned me with, you know, where do we get the Bible from and so forth. And I was just, I've always been a why kind of guy. Like, why do we do these things? Why, why, why? Which is one of the reasons why I did one in uh, one of the degrees in philosophy probably. But um, why, why, why? And it led me to the church. Um, I converted. When I converted, um, I didn't help out in youth ministry. I thought I was done with youth ministry and so forth. Um, I went to a few programs and um, just I was like, you know what? I'm not, I don't feel like I'm called to this. And um, long story short, I was working in adult ministry for a while. What ends up happening is one of the priests who helped convert me uh, at his parish, he was like, yo, I know your background. I know how much you've been doing this. We need something different. Um why don't you come try everything that you learned? And this is where it is that I'm at and so forth. And where is that? Where do you work? Christ the Good Shepherd, Spring, Texas. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, shout out Father James. Yeah. Before. I love him. <laughs> love him. Yeah, we got a, we got yeah. a Christ the Good yeah. Shepherd uh, 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 yeah. chapel over here. That's actually yeah. where we're going to be tonight. So the reason uh, Alex is here today uh-huh. is uh, we, we have an event that we're holding here in town, a, a uh-huh. youth event called Enlisted. Enlisted. Um, so e- every year we, we hold this event here in, in the Bryan College Station area, and we always try to tackle a, a big topic. You know, one one year, like last year, the big topic like in the news was uh, was the gay marriage and then what right. – how do how do Catholics respond to that? Right, how do right, we right, right. kind of live with that, right? So the big the big thing going on, um, kind of in our nation right now, is, is kind of race relations and, and right, how right. things have been kind of ugly, you right. know, on on from every side, right? So right. tonight you're talking about um, about stuff like that. So what right. are you, what are you going to say tonight? What I'm going to talk about is um, just kind of the perspective that I had growing up was is probably not probably it is different being Puerto Rican. Um, Growing up in the South and spending so much time in North, um, coming back to the South, saw different things, um, noticed, I mean, even now there's not a lot of Puerto Ricans here. So you're kind of like an outsider, like looking in. I went to school in Acres Homes. I went to school with Scarborough and Houston and so forth. So I went to um, predominantly um, minority schools and so forth. Um, so then stepping into the church, um, what it is I'm going to be talking about is where it is that we're at in the church? What's going on in society, honestly, I feel is a big part of... Um, why we're called to be church and what does that mean to be church? Because to say that we're Catholic is honestly to say that we're universal, Catholicos, we know this in Greek. And so that means diversity. We should love the diversity and so forth. And um, just explain some of the things that I've seen gone through to an extent and um, just kind of bring it home to, you know, that reality is um, we're called to, to minister, if you will, to the people around us and, and to embrace diversity because it very is much beautiful. I love culture in general. I love um, my Latino culture. I love every culture. I got to speak at this Indian church recently. I thought it was amazing. They were all wearing their sopnies and so forth. Um, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I love, um, just the beauty of diversity and the beauty of culture itself. So that's yeah. what I'm going to speak to. I just pictured you wearing that Indian garb. I was wearing one with Jordans on. Don't judge me. <laughs> Don't judge me. I had Yeezys. Not gonna, not gonna lie. Got to keep it real. Got to keep it real. You know what I'm saying? That's awesome. So, yeah. so we have this all, all this this crap going on with with right, race right. relations stuff in, right. in the news, and it's mm-hmm. been going on. I mean, for a long time, it's been heightened like this last year or two. Right, right. So, right. Uh, so we have you know young. Uh, these young people from sixth to twelfth grade right, coming right. coming today. You know they're they are influenced by the by the news. They're insu- influenced by pop culture. Influenced mm-hmm. by what they're experiencing in the schools. So, right, right, right. what are you going to tell them to encourage them? I'm gonna encourage them. Um, one, don't forget who it is that you are. Um, in being made in God's image, but also being made in God's image. It's a responsibility to um, like I was saying, to embrace diversity and so forth. But to kind of right these wrongs, if you will, um, because the reality is, is America is facing an issue. And it's an issue that I honestly feel has been underlined for years. Um, and part of that problem is what it is that we have going on in our own cultures, if you will. Um, and I mean that word like in the schools, at our own homes and so forth. So to, um, to, to make it easier, I guess Mother Teresa would say um, to be the change that you want to see in the world. Um, and I think at the heart of it, that's really what we're about as Catholics. Um, one of my favorites, I'm going to talk about this tonight about Martin Luther King is that he had Catholic priests standing there. He had ladies standing there. Um, we've always been about this diverse thing. Um, and, and in those times it was a lot easier, I would say to, you know, okay, let's go March. Let's go do this. Um, but at the same time, um, Martin Luther King stood for embracing who it is that you are, but embracing, um, the culture around you and getting everybody to see like, Hey, we're here. We're made in God's image. How can we be the body of Christ to everybody else? So that's at the heart of where it is. I'm gonna go with the message. That's great, man. Yeah. So you mentioned, you mentioned, uh, how, uh, you want to, you know, you're going to encourage them to be the change that, that you want to see. Right. Amen. So, yeah. um, you know, we've, we talked a little earlier over lunch that like you've experienced some, some, some persecution, some racism throughout right. your life. So, right. um, how, how have you tried to be the change in your own life to kind of negate that. Right. Um, well, it's funny. I, we were talking about that and I, and I told my father, I, I, when all this stuff started going on, I, I text my father and I was like, look, thank you. Um, honestly, you did not raise us at all in a racist household. And, um, so, you know, I'm kind of speak to that is that like, look, um, how have I, you know, it's no different because I honestly don't feel it's a race problem. Honestly, to put it into perspective, I really do feel it's a sin problem. Um, I feel like, you know, diversity is what we're about. And because we're different, what we do is we get comfortable with our own selves. And if there's something different, 
it um it challenges us. And I've realized that through the years that um how it is that we need to do as the body of Christ, what it is that we need to do is just kind of embrace one, who it is that we are in. We are very diverse people, but also like, hey, look, we see these things going on. What are we doing to change it? What are we doing in those conversations, in the locker room, in those conversations with, I mean, let's just be real with um, some of the people that you know and so forth. How are you affecting that change? Because it's really easy to, you know, on uh, on Facebook to hit that like. It's really easy on Instagram. Like, yeah, I like that picture and so forth. But the reality is, is are you doing something about it? That's easy to do that. I'm a very, um, the way that I look at things, and I say this quite a bit is, I feel like I'm a missionary here, is to like, hey, this is what we're doing. Infuse this. Now let's go. Let's move. Let's do something about this. So that's where all this is coming with this. So that's what I've, how I dealt with it was I thank God that, um, um, the household that I was raising was not like that. And, and, um, my pop's response to me was he saw racism and experienced racism so much. He didn't want us to go through that. And so for me, um, going up in the South, going to different neighborhoods and like just seeing different things and even coming to the church and so forth, um, remaining who it is that I, that I, that I am. And, and, and is it different? Yeah, of course it's different. Um, but I think that's the beauty of the church itself is that we, we are a diverse people and we are, um, should be embracing these things. So how is it that I dealt with? I'm gonna be honest with you was I just went back to what it was that I was, you know, what it was that I was brought up in, in um, the beauty of diversity. I woke up literally, I'm gonna tell the story later. Um, I woke up, I listened to, uh, depending on what it was, uh, I, w- I woke up in a music household. My dad thought he was a DJ. Yeah, pops. Uh huh. Um, so I had two turntables in the living room. We, we woke up listening to salsa music or Sometimes it would be Al Green or sometimes, you know, the Isley Brothers or sometimes it would be hip hop. And then my moms would play the Beatles. You see what I'm saying? Like <laughs> That's quite diverse. Yeah, yeah. very diverse. And that's kind of how I grew up. And this is one of the reasons why, like me, I am like diverse. I love talking and listening and watching and just doing different things, if you will. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So so f- we were talking earlier, too, like we see a lot of this like segregation in the church, yeah, you know, they're, yeah. they're, like I, I've been places, you've been places where right, there's, right. you know, there's kind of the church where the white people go and the church where the yeah. Hispanics go, the church yeah. like the, the Asian community goes. Right, right. Right. And we were um, what. So the people who are, who are driving around the car listening to this right now who uh, or listen to it on the podcast on iTunes, like what would you tell them, like, how, how do we fix this problem in the church? How do we fix how we do ministry, how we do community? Well, I think the biggest thing for fixing any problem, and anybody would tell you this, is first noticing the problem. I don't think that um, people even talk about it, truth be told. And if they do, it's, it's like, okay, we're good with what's going on now. Um, how can we move to, you know, to better this? So I would say first recognize, look around, um, how diverse, and when I say by diverse, I mean like really diverse. And this is one of the ways I like telling um, parents when I like telling telling catechists and so forth, wherever it is that I go to speak, um, when I'm speaking to adults, I say, think about your average high school. Like go to high school, sit there and lunch. Look at how diverse it is. Like look at how many different people, the different subcultures, how sociologists would say and so forth. Now think of your average parish, like especially youth ministry, because that's what it is that I deal with, our young adult ministry for that matter. Is those same subcultures, is those same um, cultures and different diversity, are those representative at not just coming there for mass, because that's easy. We go there and then we leave. Um, I'm talking about involved and getting those people involved, getting all the different subcultures involved. I think once we notice that and talk about that problem um, and talk about that issue, um, then we can move to a systematic understanding of, okay, so this is what maybe there needs to be some multicultural training. And I mean, not just, and when I say culture, I don't mean ethnicity. That's, that's too easy. I mean, um, everything culture. Um, I like how some theologians and sociologists say, they say that culture is the way that you come to understand the world. And to say that we're Americans, especially to say that we're Catholics, we're very diverse people. Um, I have, and I'm, I'm blessed the parish that I'm at. I can literally say there is like, it's such a beauty of diversity and I love it. I love coming to work there. I love coming to the youth nights. Um, I love going to the talks and so forth. It literally is diverse. And I'm like, man, this is what it's about. It's, and, and, and the truth is, is that it's very easy to fall into that nationality thing. Okay, this is the way we worship. And, and to an extent, I can understand that. But at the same time, again, go back to what it means to be Catholic is, you know, that universality and so forth. You know, it's easy to say, OK, well, we're all receiving Eucharist. Right. And they're receiving Eucharist over there. So we all united in the spirit. But what about physical? How physical are we being? How how 
um, interaction. That's what I mean by physical. What kind of physical interaction are we doing with each other? You know? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I know like myself and I know a lot of people, every time I talk about this issue, it's a touchy right. issue. Right? It is it's, a touchy it's, issue it's a hard thing, hard thing yeah. to talk about. And I know yeah. a lot of people, um, myself included at times, like just sit there and like, there's right. so much going on that I have right. no idea what to do. I have no right. idea what to right. say. Right. And, and I know like you're going to address that tonight. Right. And right. like, I know that you have this big right hook. Like, what's the one thing that's going to get us through all of this? I mean, come on, man. Jesus. I mean, it's like given the sacraments. I mean, I, um, there's a parable where Jesus has to go to the Samaritan woman. And um, what we don't know about Samaria in that time, if you really look at it and put it into context, is the Jewish people would walk all the way around Samaria. Some people say it's like 70 to 80, 100 miles, something along those lines. They would pass up Samaria. Why? Because they were a different race. So Jesus literally just tells them like, hey, this is where we're called to be. I think that's the, not I think, I know that's the answer, is being rooted in Christ, being rooted in the sacraments, being rooted in who it is that we are. Well, that's awesome, man. I, I just appreciate you being here. I appreciate bless you having man. the courage to attack this big yeah. topic. And so it's me, been man. a pleasure hanging out yeah, with you today. Yeah. I'm looking forward to doing the rest of the day. My Thanks pleasure, for being bro. on the show. Uh-huh. I appreciate it. Yeah, Alex is one of my favorite speakers. I listen to his talks on SoundCloud. On, <laughs> yeah, go to on, SoundCloud. On, on, on Check all, it out. On all, yeah. You say SoundCloud. We can't talk about SoundCloud. clowns. That's another yeah, issue oh, going on right now. Gracious. All right, so uh, so go check him out, catholicyouthminister.com. He's a great, great speaker. If you want him for an event, I would highly recommend him. So thanks again for coming. We'll see you guys later. All right. God bless. All right. I want to, th- I want to thank Alex for, for being here um, and, and doing that interview. He's, he's a great man. If you uh, like, like, we, like you just heard, go check him out on, on his social media stuff. He's doing some great stuff for the kingdom of God. So um, I'm going to try to do some great stuff for the kingdom of God here in our last segment. Talk about the biggest thing keeping us from sainthood. So s- stick around for that. I will be right back. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll. We've been talking about saints today, talking about sainthood as we celebrate this All Saints Day. It's been a fun show. I want to thank Alex Gote again for being um, interviewed on the show today. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, I got to hang out with him uh, last Wednesday, this past weekend, and I'll be with him again uh, this coming weekend. He's a, he's a great dude. So thanks, Alex. I know you're uh, you're listening out there somewhere. So. Um, just to kind of continue this conversation, as promised, I want to do this last segment on the biggest thing that is keeping you and me from sainthood. And I've been convinced of this recently, like, because a lot of times we all know the right thing to do. But the definition of sin from the scriptures is knowing the right thing to do and not doing it. So I think the biggest thing that gets between you and I and our call to sainthood is complacency. So Alex, uh, one of his big things that he talks about, he's like big uh, every time when he's supposed to post it on social media, when he's, when he's speaking, he's talking about how sainthood is a mandate. And I, I, I love that because I always hear like we're all called to be saints, we're all invited to be saints. But like God's a gentleman. He's, he's, going to, he's not going to force us to become saints. He's not going to force us to spend time with them in heaven. It's an invitation, a call, and he's saying, look, if you want to spend eternity with me, there's, some, there's a way you got to live. There's some things you got to do. And I, I, as I was uh, kind of getting ready for the show today, I saw this great quote from Leon Bloy. It says, the only, the only real sadness, the only real failure, and the only great tragedy in life is not to become a saint. Like to become a saint, to become, essentially, that's just a person in heaven, right? A holy one, one who um, spends eternity with God. That's what a saint is. And that's what we are, we are born to be. Um, and complacency, just getting lazy is the thing that keeps us from that. So um, when I was, I was looking up the word, like the definition for complacency, and I went um, to the website that I use for all of my homework in, uh, in high school, a very trusted website called Wikipedia, uh, so I, I went and looked that up, and it said complacency is a feeling of smug or uncritical satisfaction with oneself or one's achievements. So it's like when you're complacent, you're, you're smug. I was like, I don't know what smug means, but let's look at the, the uncritical satisfaction. It's like you're just, you're just happy with yourself the way you are, and you're not calling yourself to, to something greater. You're not calling yourself to improve or striving for that. And so, like, to kind of barrel it down to 
to one word, like complacency is meh. It's just, I'm all right. I'm doing okay. I don't need to um, improve my spiritual life. I don't need to let God love me more in my prayer time. I'm good. I'm good just the way I am. And I think so often we're just okay with being okay. But one of my favorite people in the world, I call him old German Santa Claus, Mr. St. Benedict, or Pope Benedict. I'm sorry, not St. Benedict. Pope Benedict. I love Pope Benedict, our Papa Benny, who's hanging out, uh, you know, our, you know, one of two popes now. We're in a very special time in the world. We have two popes. Um, but he said, old German Santa Claus, Pope Benedict XVI, said, the world promises you comfort, but you were not made for comfort. You were made for greatness. And so I think, especially like in our American society, we're so comfortable. Man, if, if I want a question answered, I got the answer immediately. I just look at my phone. If I want food, I can stop from, like, from this studio here at Red Sea Radio and between, to my house. It's like five miles. I could stop at like 100 restaurants. Okay, maybe 80. I exaggerated. But not by much, right? Like life, life can be so easy. And that's what leads to our complacency. And there's this, uh, just to kind of start off our conversation on this, there's a great song by, by uh, my former youth minister, Mr. Mike Marshall. It's with his band, The Poor Kings. It's this song called Confession, and he wrote it when he was sitting in confession one day. And uh, if you were with me, if you've been listening to the whole show, you heard um, in the first segment, we talked about the mass readings today and how the Beatitudes were the gospel reading today and how that's our call. Like our call, if we want to be saints, we need to be be people who live the Beatitudes. So he wrote this song um, in the confession line. It's kind of like a a modern-day twist on the Beatitudes. He just kind of rewrote them with the things that he was struggling with. And I want you guys to hear that right now. Blessed are the blind They won't see these things I've seen Blessed are the poor They can't buy these things I need Blessed are the weak They won't do these things I've done Blessed are the children of God When it's not cool to be one Blessed are the meek They don't fight this pride I fight Blessed are the hungry They thank God for everybody Blessed are the broken Growth is more than the damage done Blessed are the children of God When it's not cool to be one Woe to me
So that was The Poor Kings with Confession. I love that song so much. It came out a couple of years ago, and I, 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 pr- I pray with it all the time because there's so many things uh, of those lyrics that just stick out to me. And uh, the first one, like, blessed are the meek, for they don't fight this pride I fight. Like, man, that's one of the biggest things I fight against. And, like, meek people just don't don't have to deal with that. And I, I, lo- I love that a lot. And there's a couple other ones. That, uh, the, the, the two I really want to focus on today is where he says, woe to me. He says it twice. He says, woe to me. I've been complete, and I freely walk away. So you and me, like, we feel like we're, we're complete. So we, we come to Jesus, and we're like, we, we, we feel like, okay, like, I have my life together. Work's fine. My friends are fine. My relationships are fine. Money's fine. Like, I don't need Jesus. And we walk away from him. Even though deep down we know that we're missing something, we're going to have a story where we look at that from the Gospels here in just a second. And the second one is, woe to me, my life is filled with ease and my comforts fuel my faith. Like our lives, our, our lives can be so easy in our, in our first world American life. You know, like when, when things struggle for us, we have a special hashtag for it called hashtag first world probs. Like these are things that aren't really problems. <laughs> like we're literally making fun of things where we're joking around saying that this is a problem. Oh, first world problems. My iPhone screen got cracked. Like, okay, like I can see how that could be difficult, but that's really not the worst thing that's ever happened, right? Our lives are so filled with ease and our comforts, like the our ability to get whatever we want when we want, like that fuels our faith. That fuels how we how we relate with God. If we can get whatever we want food-wise and um, we can go to the to the store and get everything that we want. Then we go into prayer and we're like, I want it all now. And then maybe the God's answer is wait. And we're not cool with that answer. And we freely walk away. So the story that I want to I want to really address, because there's one uh, one of the things he says, blessed are the poor because they can't buy these things I need, like this, this greed that we have. And um, I love that line. It's like, I, I'll pretend that I'm a saint, but I'm not a saint. And I feel like a lot of us, especially in the church world, we do this. We walk around on Sunday mornings and we, we got it all together. And then inside, we're, we're like broken inside. And like, we just need to be honest with ourselves. We need to be honest with each other as this body of Christ that we're celebrating today on All Saints Day, that we're all united as one body of Christ with the living, with those who have passed on, like with the saints in heaven. We're all united and we need each other. So I want to look at a story from Matthew chapter 19. If you're uh, driving in your car, don't pull out your Bible and read this. But if you're sitting, listening to the podcast or something, open up your Bible, Matthew 19, uh, verse 6, sorry, 16, sorry. Matthew 19, starting in verse 16. And it's a story that I, that I bet you've heard before. It's the story of the rich young man. And that's kind of what I want to wrap up the show with today. It says, now someone approached Jesus and said, teacher, what good must I do to gain eternal life? Now, that's a great question that all of us should be asking, right? The rich young man gets a bad rap, but if we look at how he starts, he starts off great. What good must I do to gain eternal life? What must I do to be a saint? What must I do to get into heaven? Then Jesus answers him, well, why do you ask me about the good? There is only one who is good. If you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. So, so often Jesus is like, if you really love me, keep the commandments. He says something similar here. So there's two things, like no one's perfectly good. And number two, because we're not perfectly good, there are things that we need to do to get the first question answered. What must I do to gain eternal life? And then my favorite part of this whole story, the rich young man looks at him right after Jesus says, if you want eternal life, keep the commandments. The rich young man says, which ones? <laughs> That's, like that part never stuck out to me until the other day when I was reading this. Like the dude asked Jesus, hey, which commandments that you've said do you want me to follow? Uh, duh, all of them, right? He has the audacity to go up to Jesus and say, which commandments do you want to follow? And we think that's ridiculous. And then, oh, we look at our own lives. And we're like, oh, we're supposed to follow all the commandments, not just the ones that are easy or the ones that we want to. I read this blog the other day. Uh, it said, uh, you're talking about cafeteria Catholics and kind of clickbait type stuff. Like, oh yeah, let's read about those cafeteria Catholics. And the point of it was like, we're all cafeteria Catholics. We all pick and choose the parts of Catholicism that we like. Oh, you're not supposed to gossip. Oh, crap. I gossiped last week, right? Oh, like you should put me first. Oh, I often put work first. I often put my leisure time first before my prayer time with God. Like in a sense, we're all cafeteria Catholics. We pick and choose things that we want to follow along with. Um, 
So it's just it's just ridiculous to ask which 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 uh, one should we follow. And Jesus replied, "You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness." He goes back through the Ten Commandments, and the young man said to him, "All these I have observed. What do I still lack?" This is another brilliant question from this rich young man. He's like, "Look, I've followed the commandments." I've been, I've been, I've been, you know, it, uh, going to synagogue. So for us, it'd be like, look, I've been going to church, I've been a practicing Catholic for X number of years, but I still know that I lack something. I'm lacking something in my spiritual life. There's still something deep inside of me that that I need, that I want, and I don't know what it is. Jesus said to him, "If you wish to be perfect, go and sell what you have uh, to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Treasure in heaven." Then come, follow me. And when the young man heard this statement, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. And this is the point where, like, if you've been to Mass and you heard this, like, the homily is almost always about money. And I'm convinced that this story is not just about money. That can be part of it. But Jesus is God. He can read hearts. He knows where people sit. He knows, like, look, maybe you don't even have, maybe you don't even have enough money to struggle with, you know, with, with, uh, with, that, with money being your problem. But there is something, and Jesus knew that there was something standing between this man and his, and his call to sainthood. And for him, it was money. For you, it's something else. I don't know what it is, but you do. And so often we walk away sad because we, we know deep in our hearts when we ask this question, what do I still lack? God tells us. He reveals to us, like, look, you start to feel that tug on your heart, like, oh, I really need to be committed to my prayer life. I really need to be doing this. And then he finishes up, amen, I say to you, right after this man walks away, Jesus says, amen, I say to you, it will be hard for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I say to you, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and said, who then can be saved? I know people who are rich. How can they get into heaven? And then the most important line of this whole story Jesus looked at them and said, for human beings, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So whatever you're struggling with, whatever the thing standing between you and your call to sainthood is, God wants to help you in that. You can't do it alone. We need the body of Christ. We need help from each other. We need help from the saints. We need their intercession. We need to be praying for each other. We need to support each other. But we also, we also need God. Because with, with just us, these things are impossible. With, with God, we can all become saints and answer this great call, this great mandate to become saints. So if you want to hear more from, uh, we got to go, but if you want to hear more from me, I just, I just recorded a video on saints with the Blaze Ministries. Go to YouTube um, and search uh, Beyond the Pew. It'll be on there. It'll also be on my website, www.fortecatholic.com. There you can find all the social medias to follow me on. I'll post the podcast of this radio show. We'll be back next week. See you.